Hello, and welcome to the Future of Coding. This is Steve Krauss. So for better and for worse, the last two weeks were less productive than the prior two weeks. If you listen to that episode, you may remember that it was very, very long. It was like a 90-minute episode, and it was kind of all over the place, and it was, from my perspective, overwhelming to produce. It took basically the entire Monday uh, two weeks ago. Uh, but that is not the case today because I was a little bit less productive, both in terms of the amount of hours I spent, probably maybe 10 less hours than over the prior two weeks. Um, and I was also maybe a little bit less focused during the hours I actually spent over the last two weeks. I was distracted both with the coding space, the after school program I helped start, and with various developments in my personal life. However, I did do a lot of fun and useful things, mostly centered around getting my head in the Cycle.js space, learning how streams work, really diving deep. First, I started by reading a lot of the links that Andre Stalt sent me, which were really great. The talk that I had with him one-on-one uh, -on -one a few weeks ago was really productive, but then the links he gave me were almost just as productive, if not more productive than our conversation. And in fact, I learned that most of what he told me in our conversation, I could have gleaned from these links if I had found them. But of course, you know, I, I don't know if I would have found them without him giving them to me. So it was useful for us to talk. And he also gave me some extra information during our talk. So the links were great. And then I wanted to build an actual application in Cycle.js because that's really how you learn something. You build something with it. So at least that's how my philosophy on learning works. So I had this idea to build something useful for the, my website, actually, my future of code.org website. Um, I, my idea is to build a little widget that'll li live at the bottom of each page that will link you to the most recent commit and the, the, the date of that commit for that page and like a button where you can hit the edit button and it'll plop you into a GitHub editor so you can edit that page basically in one click. Uh, and, and this is, I think will be neat just as like a little widget, but it's also related to the goal behind my current prototype. My original goal was, wouldn't it be neat if it was so easy for anyone to edit any web page they're on without really even leaving that web page? This wouldn't quite accomplish that vision. One, because it takes you to a different website, it takes you to GitHub. And then two, it plops you down into either a markdown editor, which isn't intuitive for everyone. It, it probably will be intuitive for most people who view my website. But it, some pages on my website, futureofcoding.org, like index.html and, and the pages for the various podcasts are HTML. So it could even be harder for people to edit um, than the markdown, especially if they're not programmers. But if they're simple typos, I think, you know, even my mom who, who, who reads things from time to time and, and catches typos might be able to just hit the edit button fix the typo and hit submit, and then it comes to me as a pull request. Well, I guess my mom would have to create a GitHub account, uh, so, so that, that is a firm, a firm blocker for her. But anyways, um, we'll, we'll see. I'll, hopefully I'll get that widget up and running at some point, but I bounced from the widget idea to creating a Flappy Bird game in Cycle.js because I forgot, but then remembered that I had started something like that um, almost a year ago, a number of months ago, for the same purpose, to, to get my, my head wrapped around how Cycle.js works. And I was doing that on Webpack bin. So I think a number of months ago when I tried to learn Cycle, I 
JS, I tried to install it on Cloud9 and really do it the real developer way. But when that didn't work, I tried to use um, Tricycle, this, an, another thing that I think Nick Johnstone was behind. But that wasn't quite working, so I think he pointed me towards Webpack Bin, which allows you to edit CycleJS apps and other apps by installing all the software in this cloud IDE. It's kind of like JS Fiddle or WoofJS, but much more extensible because you can install any Webpack framework. Um, and so again, this time I, I tried last week, maybe like three or four hours trying to get CycleJS create app to work. This is a NPM library that like, creates the boilerplate for a CycleJS app with like hot reloading and TypeScript. And eventually I got it to install and work and run, but then I was never able to actually get the app to show up. Like the, the server seemed to be running, but for whatever reason on Cloud9, I couldn't ever hit the page where the server was running. So, and I, I went to Gitter and asked for help and they were like, sorry, dude, it, like, it looks like it's running. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's a, a Cloud9 issue. And that's, that's where I left things and decided to bounce and go to Webpack Bin where I started to pick up back where I left off months ago on this, on this Flappy Bird app. So before I tell you about this Flappy Bird app, I wanna just briefly tell you about um, what I was doing while I was waiting for NPM and NVM to update and install the various things. I went to my friend Nikolai's app, Clay, which is really cool. It's like um, WebScript.io, which I've used in the past. It, it's also similar to Glitch and similar to like IFT and Zapier. It's a web interface that allows you to create microservices that deploy to AWS Lambda. I would highly recommend it. It's, it's brand new, it's in beta. I, I, don't, I don't know um, if, if you can use it right right now, but I was using it and it was really fun. And uh, I, I, I used it for a few hours and I was giving Nikolai feedback on like the API and the type signature of different things. And, and he was super responsive and we had a lot of fun. And I think he even changed some of the things according to my feedback. So that was really exciting to get to contribute to that and get to use this like new software. Um, but, and, and what I was using this for, and you could see the links in my journal is, is um, I, for my widget that shows like the most recent commit and the date and the links, I need to hit a, the GitHub API. And the GitHub API doesn't work on the client side. So it's a very thin wrapper around the GitHub API. I don't even need to like create a GitHub API key because the stuff I'm doing is just checking public data. So it's very, very simple stuff, but I need, I can't just do it on the client. So this wrapper allows me to do it on the client, basically. Uh, so that was fun. But I, I'm not going to consume this API now because I'm back on the Flappy Bird thing. And so may, maybe I'll finish this widget in CycleJS over the next two weeks, but I'm not sure if this widget is so CycleJSy. Um, so we'll see. Um, also, over the past two weeks, I had an interview with Professor Christopher Anand from McMaster University in Canada. He's teaching Elm to kids in fourth grade and beyond. He, he also has like an Elm iPad app thing where you can program an Elm on your iPad in a projectional editor, which is, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, 
many of the buzzwords that I talk about, teaching kids, projectional editor, Elm, type, like no type errors, no syntax errors, like algebraic thinking, it's all, it's, it's very related to all this work. So that was a really fun conversation. So look forward to that next week. Uh, then I actually, um, uh, we're thinking about expanding the business, the coding space. And so I um, put together a spreadsheet of our costs and I um, use the technique that I learned from Feline Hermans. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She explain, She shows you how to do a really interesting um, visualization with spreadsheet programming. And so it was fun to actually get to use that technique for my business and, and, and really truly see how powerful spreadsheets are when, when you have a programming mindset and you know how to use them. Um, I, I, it, this is relatedly a few weeks ago, I was um, at my friend's sister's new restaurant and she was trying to make a spreadsheet to help her calculate the costs for various uh, menu items. But she, and she wanted it all to kind of just like flow through so she could input the prices for, for her ingredients in one spreadsheet and then in another spreadsheet when she lists that ingredient it'll just pull in the price for that ingredient automatically and so I had to show her how to do a, like a V lookup and it like blew her brain and it was so exciting for her to see how that worked um, and so it makes me wonder if building the idea that I that I've had for years now would be a useful thing, which is, it's like a cross between Microsoft Access and like Airtable. It's a intuitive spreadsheet interface to a SQL database. That That's the main idea. And so it's it's like basically Google spreadsheet, but it writes directly SQL to a, a SQL database. Uh, and this is useful because then you can connect that SQL database to a number of things. Um, and, and as you learned, if you listened to my interview with Lloyd Tab, SQL is the only quote Turing complete language for reading and writing data. And so a limitation that will never go away with something like Airtable is that you only have a Mongo interface, you have a REST interface to a Mongo database. So the data you get out will be very limited. So if you want to do like really complicated queries, you'll have to like pull out the data store it somewhere else, and then run your analytics on that second store. Which to me is really sad if that's how the world it will be for forever, that you have to like be constantly moving data around into analytics databases and then doing the actual queries on that. When if you just build a better interface to SQL databases, like a Postgres instance or something, then everyone can just talk to that Postgres in in instance and do your analytics right there. And um, or if you have like a lot of analytics, you can like mirror it to a Redshift and do the analytics there. But but that that um, workflow is so much better than having to pull things out of Mongo and ETL them. And I've done enough ETL for one lifetime. So, but that that's kind of a an unrelated idea. That's it's it's also a spreadsheet metaphor, but it's it's very uh, unrelated from Stream Sheets, which is my project now. So to to be clear. Um, I've been working with a bunch of spreadsheets in the past in for business use cases, and it's re-sparked the inspiration that I've had for making a spreadsheet interface to SQL databases uh, in much the same vein that Looker is a 
spreadsheet-esque interface to SQL databases. But looker is only the select statement for, for, from a SQL perspective, when I think we also need a spreadsheet interface that does uh, like insert, update, and delete. But, um, in the, but in the past, I haven't, I, I've tried to give this idea to other people, but nobody's taken me up on it. Um, so maybe if stream sheets and other ideas that I'm working on don't pan out, I'll um, give this uh, uh, spreadsheet interface to a SQL database idea another shot and, and see how that goes and see if we can get customers for that. So then um, because I kept getting distracted and putting off my research on Wednesday and Thursday of last week, I set aside all day Friday of last week, which is three days ago from today, to do the Cycle.js Slappy Bird. I converted the code from what it was in to the ununify architecture. So to take a step back, the, sh the way it was in was, was kind of interesting and a little bit wacky. You can check my journal for the, for the code. Um, I was trying to be super, super declarative with the way I described the state of my Flappy Bird. For example, I want to describe the Y position of the bird in one line as a function of everything of time and the space key and, and all and the clicks and I was successful but then if you want to do more complicated things for example when the y is below a certain point or above a certain point the game should end and then if the game is over the bird shouldn't move anymore so there's kind of this circular dependency where the y position could then affect the game over and the game over could affect the, the y position and I was trying to do that with the same architecture, but it was it was just a mess. And so I decided to admit defeat and move to more a more uh, singleton architecture for my state. And so when I when I say singleton, I'm using the word that Pete Hunt was using, um, and and I think what this word means is like one object for the for the state. And before I had like a number of variables that weren't all connected in a state object, and now it's a singleton. Now it's one object that contains the, the bird, the bird's Y position, the bird's speed, uh, whether or not the game is over, and an array of all of the pipes. And that has made my brain hurt a lot less. It did take my me a long time to convert from my original architecture to a singleton state architecture. And then it took me a long time if, uh, beyond that to convert that architecture into a ununified architecture, where the bird is its own component and the pipes are its own component. Not each individual pipe, but the pipes as a whole is a component. I could make each individual pipe a component. I haven't done that yet because it doesn't seem to lend me that much benefit at the moment, but I might do that just to see what that looks like because um, creating a component of components is useful and also a component of, of a dynamic list is like an interesting exercise that's like a separate section of the ununify architecture so it's probably worth experimenting with um but i but it's still t it's taken me like this is laughable it's taken me hours and hours and hours to build this flappy word in cycle.js which i was telling i was telling my friend and and they were just laughing they were like they weren't laughing they were just like they didn't know how to say this is a friend who doesn't know computer science and they don't know anything about my project. And so they like were kind of embarrassed, but they didn't know how to say like, this seems really easy. Why is this taking you so long? Why is this interesting what you're doing? And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not building a Flappy Bird. Like, you know, I've built Flappy Birds in Scratch and in Woof and in JavaScript, like I've built Flappy Bird dozens of times. I've helped 
dozens of kids build Flappy Bird. Like I know how to build Flappy Bird. I can do it in just, you know, 20 minutes if I wanted to build it. Um, I'm, I'm building it in this framework to learn the framework. Uh, uh, and, and so, um, but it is a good point that like, why is it taking me so long to build this app that I've built so many times before in this new framework that I, in theory, should understand pretty well by this point. So that is something to note. Uh, but to me, it really just makes me more excited because when you build something in Cycle.js, you really understand it. Um, it's easy to visualize your code, especially because even a computer can visualize your code as a data flow diagram. I have, I have well, more on that in a second, the dev tools thing. Um, so there's so many benefits to programming in Cycle.js, but even me, even I find it so incredibly hard to do. Um, so I think that's super exciting from an opportunity perspective. There's this really powerful metaphor and way of thinking about your application, and it's so unbelievably hard in its current form. So this leaves me with the opportunity of can I improve this? Can I, like, with visual metaphors and a spreadsheet metaphor, improve the way things are? And I think the answer to that is yes. So, um, yeah, so that's, so that's exciting, but also like something to keep an eye on, like maybe the stream metaphor is too complicated. In that vein, I will say that Elm, which is very similar to Cycle.js, I think takes a lot of the complexity of functional reactive programming and streams out of the equation by making a lot of opinionated decisions for you. I think it it creates the, a, a lot of things that like I'm slowly intuiting and like building into my Flappy Bird architecture, Cycle um, Elm has automatically for you from the get-go. It has actions, it has um, like a singleton state, it has strong types. So potentially a next step for me will be to try and build the same Flappy Bird app in Elm, which I think I've done before actually, but revisit that code, um, maybe add some things to it to get my head wrapped around Elm again. Um, I, I, I've mentioned this before, months ago, Andre said something along the lines, and in many places he said that Elm and Cycle.js are so, so similar, and that made no sense to me when he first said that. Then at some point I was able to like load both Elm and Cycle.js into my head, and that statement made a lot of sense to me. Now, but then I, then I lost it. But now it's starting to make some more sense to me, but I, I think I still need to load both libraries into my head some more by building things in them for that, that to really make sense to me. And w when I, I think what I'll do is, is create an Elm Flappy Bird and then I'll have my Cycle.js Flappy Bird and I'll, I'll have the code for you guys to view side by side. So maybe that'll help other people realize how similar they are. Maybe on my next podcast, I'll, I'll talk more about that because uh, I think that's a useful thing to have out there. Um, the, the last thing that I had to think about last week is whether or not to do the Reeker Center, which starts today. And if I were to do that, I wouldn't be able to do this pod, this um, research recap episode today, or at least um, I probably wouldn't be able to, and I'd have to do it tomorrow. So as you can tell, uh, spoiler alert, I decided not to do the Reeker Center for this six-week cycle. Um, but, you know, I, it's not a decision for forever. I can, in six weeks, decide to start then on November 2nd, I think. Um, I just wasn't all in. I 
have hit my stride working from home, making my coffee, going on a run in the middle of the day. I really enjoy what I'm up to and how I do it. So I'm gonna keep doing it this way for the next six weeks and then I'll revisit this decision then. Um, there are a lot of great reasons to do the Rico Center. I've been wanting to do it for years. I think it could really inspire me and help me come up with some good ideas for how to improve the coding space, my after school program. But yeah, just I'm not going to do it starting today. Um, I am going to a Recur Center event tomorrow evening with my friend Irvin. So maybe I'll get to meet some more Recur Center people there, including some of the people who run it. Say hi, apologize for, for, for bailing, I guess, somewhat at the last minute. Um, although I never, I never committed to doing it. Um, but I, I was talking to them uh, seriously about doing it. So, But I, I, don't, I, I think they'll be happy that I didn't do it when I'm not fully committed. So anyways, I'll, I'll get to meet some more Recursive Center people tomorrow and then revisit this decision six weeks from now. Okay, so now let me just talk briefly about my plan for the next two weeks. Obviously, it will change drastically as things develop, but here is generally where I'm thinking. So it feels very, very useful to continue my deep dive into Cycle.js and FRP and Elm, especially in this context. I have very similar goals to Alan Kay's Steps project, which I've talked about in, in the last re research recap and you can read about on my journal. And you can just read the, the papers, the, the Steps project papers. I will say, um, just to, as, a, as a heads up, the Steps project is this NSF funded grant and they have an initial proposal, five updates for the five years of the grant and then a final um, update. The final update, is a summary of the proposal and the, and the project and also um, links to the two main papers that the project uh, produces, uh, KScript and KWorld. These are the FRP libraries that they use as a foundation for the, their whole system. So uh, if I were you, I'd just skip to the last one. Read, read the KScript paper first, then read the KWorld paper, and then go and read the rest of the, the final report. I think that, that's kind of the way to do it. Um, so, so let me continue. So my goals are very, very similar to Alan K. Steps Project's goals, which is not surprising given that my, my current prototype is largely, largely inspired by Alan K.'s uh, work and, and the work that he, he's inspired, such as Scratch. So the Steps Project is built using functional reactive programming and streams when I found that out, it blew my brain because not only do we have the same goals, but we have the same ideas to achieve those goals. However, when they built this project, when they started this project in 2009, React.js wasn't a thing. Declarative reactive programming with streams was barely a thing. They were really ahead of their time, which is so impressive and cool. Um, I think, yeah, they were pulling mostly from Connell Elliott's work on FRP in the 90s, not from on the React.js stuff, which yeah was a few years from, from being created and released in an open source way. Um, which you would ha would have heard about if you listened to my last podcast with Pete Hunt. So um, my idea is to use some of the new advan advances from functional reactive programming, streams, declarative programming, from the open source React and its children communities, especially Elm and CycleJS. Um, so using all these new advances, can I use the streams paradigm with a spreadsheet metaphor or some other metaphor, but right now I'm thinking about the spreadsheet visual metaphor, to more fully realize the vision of the STEPS project to build better foundations for software. That's my current prototype thesis right now, and it's pretty exciting. I was explaining this to one of my mentors, Brett Burson from First Round, and he, was, he looked at me like, and his eyes got big. He's like, damn, like, you're, you're doing your homework, 
you're um, you're doing the research. I don't know. I'm I'm doing it. Uh, is so I'm excited about about this thesis. I think there are a lot of reasons why this probably isn't going to work, and I'll you know scrap it and move on to the next thing. But I'm excited to keep pulling on these threads and and see where it takes me. Uh, to be clear, I haven't really created that much code for this prototype yet. I if you if you see in my journal or if you go to uh, futureofcoding.org slash prototypes slash stream sheets, you'll see some code for this prototype, um, but it's it's old and um, largely unrelated. So um, mostly I'm just trying to understand Cycle.js and FRP and Elm, and then um, I'll do some, some drawings because mostly what I'm trying to uh, innovate here is the visual metaphor stuff. And then if those drawings go well, then we'll uh, maybe I'll go back to Andre talk talk about some more stuff, and then we'll see about prototyping in code in like two or four weeks probably. If if I don't find if you know that's if everything goes well, um, probably more likely I've realized that my visual metaphor idea doesn't work. I I think about other visual metaphors ideas I get lost and I kind of bounce and think about a new prototype idea or, or, um, or maybe I take the time to finish my Brett Victor deep dive, or I take the time to, um, turn more of the content I've created over the last two or three months into more consumable, consumable blogs and other content that I can like maybe make go more viral to like grow the audience and get more collaborators. Those are like other ideas. If, um, this prototype is put on pause or, or whatever. So, um, Another thing that I really want to do is get the Cycle.js dev tools working because, as I've talked about before, the um, they have this state flow diagram where they, they parse the the structure of your app into a diagram where when you click on where like when you trigger the different events, that the, you can see the event flow down as a stream through the data flow diagram and it's really beautiful to watch and I would love to get to play with it myself with my own code and, and kind of see if it makes my own code more understandable. Uh, from that perspective. However, given that I'm using Webpack bin and not truly my own interface, I'm not sure if this is possible. I just asked the Gitter community if they think it's possible. Um, so we'll see what they say. And I'll, I'll keep playing with that a little bit. Maybe I'll spend another hour or two on that. Um, as a side note, while I was on the Gitter page, I felt compelled to answer the person above me's question before I asked my own question. And I think I actually helped him a bit. So that was really exciting. It makes me feel like I'm actually getting a handle on this Cycle.js thing. If I could help someone who clearly knows what they're doing, because you know, he was, he was writing some complicated code, I was able to, to lend, a, lend a hand. Um, okay, so um, I think the next thing I'll do after I finish my Cycle.js Flappy Bird is read a bunch of papers on FRP and Conal Elliott stuff and Elm stuff, maybe build an Elm Flappy Bird um, then I'll also somewhere in there send an email to Nick Johnstone, who's created a number of projects in this space related to Cycle.js and also related to making Cycle.js easier for people to get started with and to use and, and create like debuggers and dev tool -y type things. So he, he and I, I think, could be really strong collaborators, um, possibly de depending on, on how things go over the next few weeks and if, and if he replies to my email that, I send, that I'll send soon. Um, speaking of emails, I haven't got one back from Alan K yet, but I will follow up with him and see what's going on there. Um, and then, yeah, I'll I'll see where I'm at after I learn uh, 
am fully immersed in PsychoJS and Elm and FRP and see and see what my visual metaphors look like and um, either I'll start prototyping stream sheets or I'll come up with some other things to do. Um, one other, one last note. Uh, next Monday, Monday the uh, October second will be um, a Future of Programming meetup. So if you are in New York City next Monday and want to come join us, I think it'll be a reasonably large group and we'll have the Clay guys that I, that I mentioned before presenting their work. So if you're not part of our Slack and you're in New York on Monday and you want to be a part of that, shoot me an email, steve at futureofcoding.org and I'll, I'll get you included there. We, we would love to have you. And then oh, on, a, on a fun note, I, I've had two friends tell me that they were listening to the Pete Hunt interview, React interview. So th oh, actually three friends. Uh, so that was really exciting. One on a run, one, one going to bed, kind of hungover. Uh, so it's exciting to have my friends listen to it, e even if it's motivated more by guilt than it is by um, their interest to actually hear what I have to say. Um, I'll take what I can get. I don't, ha I don't have too many listeners. Um, but yeah, it's exciting that, uh, that, that my friends find it at least interesting enough to, to keep listening. So I, I hope I can continue to hold people's attention here. And, and that is it. Um, thanks again for listening. And I will catch you all with Professor uh, Christopher Anand next week. Bye.